Dinesh Kandanchala, Chairman and Interim CEO of Windfall Geotech. Windfall Geotech is the market leader in artificial intelligence and machine learning for primary exploration. We seek to try to find out leveraging uh, public data and uh, proprietary data from our clients to try to create the most sustainable way of generating drill programs to create projects either where we take a equity participation in NSR or we provide services against them. Dinesh, good to see you again. I saw you at the beginning of November-ish, wasn't it? I, th I think so. Uh, good Christmas? Yeah, well, I unfortunately got COVID, but I guess now that I've had it, I know what it is, and um, I, I, I'm on the other side. I'm here talking to you, so. Good, good, you survived. Well done. Yeah. Fancy that. Um, right, I want to talk to you, because um, I had a couple of good conversations with you last year. Uh, small business, you're clear about what you want to be, uh, market less clear, um, share price suggests people aren't really getting it. So um, what's, what's, your, what's your take on last year? And do you think you perhaps need to change things up? Running a business is hard. You run a business, um, you know, you peer into your crystal ball and you, uh, you know, you, you work your butt off to try to make whatever you see in their reality. Uh, so 2021 for us was really a year of um, transformation. Uh, we had a bunch of initial, a bunch of priorities we let, we started the year out with. The first of which was, you know, moving the business to uh, Toronto and Ontario, um, going to um, a distributed workforce in the face of COVID and the pandemic closings, uh, which was a um, significant uh, uh, reorganization of the business, given it for the previous, you know, 10, 12 years, it had been run out of uh, Montreal and in an office. And so um, that required a, some infrastructure work, and then transfer really transforming a business model from being a services company to being a, a project generator model. Uh, those are all very meaningful and, and frankly, very difficult things to do at the same time. Um, and you know, if I were to give myself a grade, I would grade myself at a B plus. Um, you know, the the net is that we did a phenomenal job bringing new leaders into the organization, really, really strengthening our tech team and rewriting our technology um, to go from taking, you know, between 12 and 18 weeks to do a project um, down to days. Um, and our target is ours. And so, you know, that kind of technology transformation is foundational and it's a bit like um, having great wiring or a great electrical panel in your house, right? It's unlikely anybody that walks in to see that house is going to go, can I see your electrical panel um, and decide to buy the house? But if your electrical panel is cr cracked, pardon my French, you know what? You're going to have a big, uh, you're going to have a big issue um, living in that home. And so, you know, it's not sexy, but I think that's where we were focused in 21. Um, I underestimated um, how much of that work was required. I'm very thankful for the investments in time and energy in the late nights and weekends that my team put in to get us to where we are. Um, but today, I, you know, we are, we're on such a rock solid foundation technology wise and business um, pro value proposition wise that I feel really confident about what we're going to see moving forward into 22. A couple of things. I mean, the, the distributed workforce, I mean, I, I sort of know what you mean. We, we employ 68 people in 18 different countries, and that's been a real step change for us, but out of necessity, right? Yeah. And it's hard. It does think, make things more efficient in some ways, not necessarily in, in others. And some of that old school stuff like camaraderie and 
uh, personal relationships, et cetera, you know, do you, do you go, do you go by the weight side and it becomes a little bit more me- mechanical? Um, which, which I'd say I, la- I lament somewhat, but I, I appreciate the, the pains there were certainly changing to having to work like that. I do want to talk to you about the, the, the infrastructure that you're building, the, the, and people working late nights and get, you know, et cetera, is, is all very commendable. But at the end of the day, and whether you go from weeks to days, it's kind of irrelevant. That's just the admin, right? In, in, in being brutal about it, it's just admin, right? The, the, the client doesn't really care about that stuff. It needs to work. And if well, it works, they, they, so, they care so about the me- benefits of it, right? The benefits. Well, and, and, well, time. Well, there's a fundamental difference. And I would 100% agree with you, Matthew, in almost any other technology industry, I would agree with you. Um, in mining, time matters. Not because you want to get out there like three days earlier to do your to do your drilling program, but rather because there's a fixed window where you can actually drill. And um, so maybe there's you know minimal return in going from four days to two days, but going from 18 weeks um, you know, it, two days allows you to actually build and potentially do mul- multiple drill, drill programs within a single drill season. And so that's why we put that time in was because we knew that our clients could do business with us once a year based on our old technology. That same client could now do, can now, now could go out into the field, take our results, go out in the field, get new data, soil sampling data, drill, drill core data, come back and give it to us and go back out again in the same season. And so as a project, as a, um, a partner with us, the benefit is, is that you're just accelerating the time to, the, to figuring out if you either have a resource or don't have a resource, which is the biggest issue in primary exploration is how do you get to yes or no as fast as possible with burning as little capital as possible? Then we're saying the same thing. I said it's benefits-led. They want the benefit of being able to go out more quickly and do things more accurately. We'll, we'll come, on, come on to that. Whereas before, there is some time cost benefit you know people used to measure things in time if it's taking them a long time it must be really really hard so therefore they'll charge us a lot of money that was the conversation that was going on right yep right whereas now you're saying i tell you what we at the power of what we've got is able to process these you know millions and billions of data points and say right here's your answer same day now off you go. By the way, I'm still charging the same amount because I've answered your question. And that's all you were ever paying me to do. That's exactly right. And so we want to get away from this cost plus model is, you know, you get paid for your for your effort to you get paid for your result, right? And um, if we can augment that result with public data, uh, with we're, we're also in the process this year of adding and augmenting our own data with um, proprietary data proprietary data sets that we will license and purchase. So as we grow, you know, if you're a VP of exploration, you have your little world that you've got data around. Well, what's happening in your in your in your universe that's around your project? Well, if we can go license other forms of data, data that may be non-correlated with what you have, we can again provide you more insight. So over time, you're to your point, uh, we're in violent agreement. It will absolutely be about output, not effort. And the faster you can output, the faster you can get people into the field so they can validate your output and then come back and refine it, the more valuable you become to your partners and more successful your business will be. Right. Okay. But you've got two sets of audiences to impress here. You've got to go and get clients who will buy 
the solution that you're providing. And you need proof points for that. You need to have done this for a while. You need to have done enough of these things. You need to have been proved to be accurate through the drill bit of the companies that you're working with. Mm -hmm. You're not there yet, are you? Because you're not selling enough. You're not selling two a month. Yeah, you're a fair point, right? So um, I don't think credentialing happens like, um, you know, like a switch. Like you're either credentialed or you're not. You're there or you're not. I think it's something you prove out every single day. Um, and, you know, it's a bit like a bank balance, right? Like, you know, every time you, um, you know, have a successful result validated by a drill bit, a little bit gets deposited every time, you know, for whatever reason, something doesn't happen as, as you thought, whether the program wasn't properly designed or the algorithm didn't produce what we were hoping for. And, and that's the reality, right? It's not perfect. It'll never be perfect. Um, or the project isn't a project. Well, you're going to take a withdrawal, right? And so our view is, is we want to increase the pace of those transactions and hopefully have a net positive deposits. And, you know, our, over the last seven months, like we've done basically one deal a month, right? Which is, if you compare that to the previous 12 is, you know, we were doing one deal a quarter roughly. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty good hockey stick. If you go from four deals a deal, uh, four deals a year to six to 12 deals a, a year to 18 to 24 deals a year. And the the transformation from going from pure services to um, to <clears throat> to partnership in the form of equity, that that has really given us leverage in the conversation, which means that we're now in the process of getting to a standardized template of, of engagement in the form of commercial contracts. And those contracts, which has so far been our rate determining step, not our technology, like now that technology is solved for, it's the contracts that are the next kind of bottleneck, having a standard template that leaves some of the questions that you spend a lot of time going back and forth on till after results are in with a formula for calculating how value will be shared between the parties, that's going to help us accelerate those contracts. And so customers aren't forget forced to you know, make a commitment to give us so much without knowing if they're going to get anything on the other side. So those are some of the optimizations we're trying to do in 22 that we learned from in 21. Right. So really, well, it depends what you measure success by. Okay, number of contracts you're saying, but it also could be, you know, bottom line, dollars, revenue in, right? So one client yep. with, with 10 million versus 12 clients worth 10 million, you know, you got to work out what's what what excites you because it, it's 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 how you accelerate the exponential value of that going forward. I guess is is what you're looking for. So at the moment, twelve is it's still a small number, right? Which is probably it's reflective fine. of where, how people are valuing in the marketplace because that's the other side of this. There's the other audience you need to impress, which is show people, talk to people about what you're doing, prove to them that this is capable. Of you know being exponential in terms of dollar, in terms of that bottom line. So, what's going to change in twenty twenty two? So on the exponential front, it, it really is about um, about stacking <clears throat> projects. So when when it took us a long time and a lot of effort, we had to be very select, um, careful and select carefully our projects. And the whole first half of twenty twenty one. That's what I told the market and I told our customers and our employees, which is, you know, we have limited resources, we have limited capital. Let's be let's be careful. Let's pick the ones that we think are going to be super um, that are going to bring a lot of value to our shareholders. Um, with the changes in the investments that we've made, I I can be less 
careful. And so I can start to focus on volume. And so that's a big change. We're going to be looking at volume in, in 22. Um, and our economic model, our cost base, has now transformed in such a way that I can do deals that I couldn't even look at um, a year ago. Uh, and I don't have to have value maximization on any individual deal. So that means I have to negotiate less aggressively on individual deals. So a lot of good deals will be the model moving forward versus three or four or six excellent deals that can all turn into, you know, hopefully multi-hundred million dollar projects. So that's a, it's a shift in focus. You know, we're still going to um, be doing our own deals and we're going to really, really focus in, in, from a, from a, public data perspective on finding that that's the those those are the step function growth that's where you get the exponential it's not where you take you know 5% or 3% of a of a of a company or 700,000 shares or a million shares when we do some work on a project that's already in in the field it's when we go out we look at the universe of data and we find something and then we bring together the parties and we take 20% of that plus an NSR. The first is Grand Pacific, which is going public, I think, you know, in the next, you know, four to six weeks, um, uh, you know, assuming all the regulatory stuff gets taken care of. That's our first project. We did that deal in, in April of last year. So it took a year, it's going to take us nearly a year to go through the process of building the project, finding the partner, getting the, um, getting the regulatory um, and uh, uh, venture uh, stuff all taken care of, bringing it to public markets, and then working with that uh, part that our partner there to go and really build a resource. So that's a one-year time horizon. Is that representative? I don't know, but I do know that that's the data point that we have. So if we do three or four of those per year, which I genuinely believe we'll be able to do in 22, is we'll go from doing one to doing four, um, and you do that consistently over three or four years. You know, you're starting to build yourself a pretty nice bullpen of projects that could potentially go where you own 20% that could go quite large. They could go to zero, but we're doing everything we can do as a technology company and as a operational team to try to make sure that that, you know, we minimize the likelihood of that happening. Okay. But most of them go to zero is the truth in yep. expiration. Okay. Most of them, right? So you've got to take care of the short term. You can't wait for three, four, five years worth of cycle for them to prove themselves out. I'm sure you could be selling your stake out in the open market, you know, during that period too. But it's you know, you've got to be you got to be careful, and it's um, it's it's not a model in its own right. So in terms of the fee components that you would be you achieved last year, what was that? Did it hit target? And what you really expect it to be this year? So cold hard cash, which actually funds salaries, et cetera. Yeah. So our, our goal on the fee side is break even. Like our goal is to cover our costs in on the fee side. On 22. Uh, well, yeah, in 22. We are not there in 21. Right. Um, we uh, are probably 60% of our burn rate. Um, luckily, we have enough. We have enough cash in the bank that you know that's not really a concern, and we have a very good, committed group of core investors who will capitalize the business as required as we kind of go down this journey. Um, but in 22, we expect we made an innovation in, at the second half of, of 21 where we signed multi-year contracts. So majority of the contracts that we signed in 21 are four-year contracts for a minimum amount per year, and this is about us building in that that cash flow certainty so that we can 
have our burn fully covered. And we expect we'll get there by April, May of, of 22. We'll be in a place where we'll have enough in the form of those multi-year contracts that we'll have five-year, basically four to five-year forward visibility on our burn rate, and it'll be fully covered by the services component. You know, our, the, the essence of that is, is that, of course, as you scale the team up, your burn grows, but we're being really cautious around those expenditures. Our, our expenditures continue to be around $135,000, $135,000 to $150,000 with some discretionaries per month. So, you know, these are not huge dollars, right? And so the result is one deal, two deals a, a quarter. You can really, if you do a multi-year contract, you can move the needle and get that to be a check fairly quickly. Right. The, the other thing that happens here is that not all those companies will, will, will make it. Some will be financially constrained because they're not hitting the targets mm-hmm. because, as you said, you yep. know, the software isn't going to be perfect. It's going to be... Well, hopefully better than they're, than they're currently using, but it's not going to be perfect. So in that kind of scenario, you, you could factor in some kind of dilution to your consistent uh, fees in There's that. Some churn. And, and There'll growth. be some churn. Yeah. Abs- a- absolutely. Yep. Okay. Um, so with, with, so you, you, you're talking about maybe doing three or four of those a, a year would be nice. Wait, the 12, um, contracts that you did last year were, were of, of what nature? You, you referenced one private company there. Are there any public yeah. companies doing this? And if so, because that's the that's the way that we can interface. So we we can't go and investigate what private companies are or aren't doing with your data, uh, your your software. But are there any public companies using this so we can say, oh, that's working? They've stated the this software has helped us find X answers. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a good number out there of of uh, of points. I mean, there's uh, there's Playfair, uh, Puma is a customer, um, Orcrest is a customer. Um, you know what I, what we if you go to our website, you can see a complete list of all of the projects and the val- drilling validation. Uh, the, the the reality is, is we you know we've spent the last ten years um, in the junior space, and uh, you know that brings with it you know a lot of volatility. One of the goals for twenty two is to take this business model and bring it to the seniors, bring it to the large um, uh, the large producers of base metals, and, and you know. A lot of times, you know, when we talk to VPs of exploration um, and business people in the industry, they're going to go, oh, well, they're just going to turn you into a geotechnical services company because they're going to give you nothing on the project, right? And, you know, yes, that will be true for a certain number of them. Um, but these large uh, seniors are also looking to partner up on, on Greenfields exploration. And so what we're really trying to do is you know, bring them to the table as a stakeholder, as opposed to just as a, as a customer. We added a, 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 um, an advisory board, the chair of our advisory board, um, uh, Steve Appleton, and he's the, uh, a senior leader at Fortec, which um, does a lot of work in copper and iron ore and a bunch of other areas. And, you know, one of the, the reason for doing that was, um, you know, his interest and his organization's interest in being able to see projects early right? And then take a small position in them. Uh, and so what we're starting to do, and this is really, again, an experiment for 22, is how could we do that with other large companies that have, that are looking to get, you know, tip their toe in and um, progressively as projects validate themselves, take a bigger and bigger stake. And then how could we partner our interests with them? And um, so that involves coming on retainer, for them, helping them look at their own data sets, and then taking a success fee when we identify something in their data set and we bring a you know a capital pool to that project. 
So there's some new business models with seniors that primarily like we're going to continue to service the junior market. We're going to do our do everything we can to try to um, expand that. And we will have a sales team that will be targeted at that marketplace. But we're in the process of bringing on some senior executives who have worked in sustainable mining with the majors at major consulting firms to bring us into the door to those conversations. We'll continue to add to our advisory board. Our last uh, addition to our board was uh, Mr. Gill, who uh, led the sustainable um, um, mining advisory um, uh, industry association for, for Canada. And so, you know, we're going to be bringing senior people. Now we've kind of got that credentialing in place. We've got a good operational cadence. We have leaders that are associated with the business that are credible in the industry. Um, and, and we have a, a track record of, of really doing what we say, even if we only do it B plus percentage of the time, but we do it what we say to the best of our ability. So I think we're starting to get to a place where seniors can look at us and go, this is the kind of company I can associate with long-term. Right, and, and I've, like, I've been through this in the oil and gas business, onshore, offshore, and deep off, offshore, where these big companies need to see a long track record of success. So you continuing to work with juniors is great, but you're going to need a wealth of data to be able to present to these guys. Well, it doesn't matter what your board looks like. These, these, these are paid advisors or certainly, you know, financially remunerated advisors. Um, you know, and, and people, people love an NED position, but you, the, but you, the company and your technology need to deliver. So I just want to kind of, set expectations here for myself and any of your shareholders or anyone thinking of investing mm -hmm. into this, which is these types of projects take a little while to really start moving by doing all the right things, doing all the things you say you're going to do before you start to see that, see that lift. It, well, certainly in terms of revenue, certain types of, the types of um, clients and, and contracts that you can, you can put in place. So again, just be really clear with me about what 2022 is, because it seems like a bit more of the same, having learned some stuff last year, and it's really not going to be 23 to 24 before this thing starts to really move. That's what it feels like. Yeah, maybe. Look, you know, I one thing I've learned in doing this for a while is I don't, if you can figure out where the share price is going to go, um, you know, you're- Well, no, I, I haven't even mentioned the share price. <laughs> I haven't mentioned the share price. I'm just talking <laughs> revenue because that, that, that that's the arbiter well, of success in, in many, many ways. So, but so, so is your so client I, list. And so are the contracts yeah. that you've got in place, right? I, I think I agree with you on the client list. I, I don't, I'm not convinced on revenue because, and you know, and look, I, I'm an old school tech guy, right? So revenue, 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 recurring revenue, like that, I get it, right? Um, but- this is a this is an asset play. Like that was a decision we made last year. So I'm far more focused on my balance sheet than I am on my income statement. And the reason why the balance sheet is important is that net asset value, the amount of positions we have in in the number of companies and the growth in those positions. I mean, we're really focused on base metal. So it you know to the question of whether or not what percentage of our projects go to zero? Uh, because that's the risk on the balance sheet, right? Is that you have to write down an asset and that asset is not worth what you think it is. So you own a million shares in a certain company and then that goes to zero, right? And so all of a sudden you have to write that down. Well, you know, there are things we've done, I think, as a business to help you know, protect against that. One is, you know, be smart about our positions. Um, second is we're focused on base metals. And so, you know, I genuinely believe that we are, leveraging a macro trend that is going to lift all ships. So even if you are, you know, a small junior doing copper, cobalt, nickel, zinc, 
there's going to be a place for you, you know, not in, you're not, your project may not reach production, right? But there will be progressive investments over the next two, three years that will create a creative value for us as Windfall as a shareholder. Now, but, but, but only in terms of the, the delta between what you pick the shares up at versus what you can sell them for, but not for the NSR component because they don't get into production. Yeah. It, well, it, do you know what I mean? So this is why I mentioned all of the agree. different revenue streams that you've got, agree. right? And it speaks to your point of, you know, what are your home runs? What are your singles and your doubles, right? And, you know, the home runs are the projects that we generate ourselves and the NSRs. Those are the home runs. But those take time. There are a bunch of projects that we're involved in that we take $250,000, $500,000, $750,000 worth of shares in, add a penny, two pennies, four pennies, eight pennies. Um, well, in those cases, our cost base is pretty low. So we can generate some upside within a 12-month period. We're, and that's where volume becomes really important, right? That's why that customer list and the number of contracts continues to be something I talk about because that's how you that that's diversification for us against that um, against that risk of going to zero right and, and it's really really important for your shareholders and others thinking of it becoming shareholders is to be able to value that right because if you're dealing with private companies it's very hard for you to say here's the number of shares yep. here's the real value this is what I think I can get red book or otherwise that I can get for these this stock so uh, whether it be one or two three five pennies whatever you pay for it I uh, said so whatever um, you, you, you get and give some guidance as to what you think your book looks like at the beginning or the end of each year because again we're sitting here it's kind of guesswork at the moment you're hiring some people you tell me you sorted out the technology um, you're speaking to more companies you're going after big boys but none of it's real yet and that's I want to I'm trying to understand the point at which you're going to feel comfortable being clearer with the market as best you can given the constraints between private and public data yeah so here here's how I'll, I'll answer that question is um, if I was clear that we were going to succeed a hundred percent I could be clearer to the marketplace you know we're in the we're in we're in this, this business of transformation, not just our own company's transformation, but the market's transforming. And you know, we're, we've built a technology ba on base metals. There's a new uh, focus on sustainable exploration. That's brand new. The, green, the, the requirements for nickel, cobalt, and base metals are drastically changing. And so there's just a lot of macro things that me as a kind of responsible shareholder and primarily you know if you look at my position i have a huge position that i continue to grow um is i don't know whether or not where that will play out what i do know is that we have a really great team we have a really good brand and we're gaining momentum as evidenced by the fact that the technical market i.e canadian miner northern miner all of the folks that um, uh, really do this every single day are standing up and taking notice. So I look at leading indicators, primarily not lagging indicators. It's really hard to control lagging stuff, but leading stuff, input stuff, you can control. And that's highly tied to, you know, the, the strategic work that you do. Is this, is this, you know, company going to be a um, hundred times bigger in the next 12 months? I wouldn't guess so. I mean, but I think from a core value perspective, as a business that I'm an investor in, I guarantee that it's going to be worth a lot more 12 months because that's the effort that our team is putting in. And the strategy itself is sound, a little bit of luck, 
as you know, because you run a business as well, is a requirement in order to be successful. A strong strategy, a great team, a defendable value proposition, and a little bit of luck, and your business can take off. And so we're focusing on the ones that we control. can control. We can't really control luck. So the other ones that are, are what we can control. And, you know, we're adding additional leaders to the team to, to create opportunities for that luck. So one of the things, Mr. Gill, was that one, we'll be adding two or three additional senior leaders inside the business who will be solely focused on those, on those they'll have come out of those senior mining firms. So you mentioned that it takes time. Well, the big reason that it takes time is because you have to credential and build a relationship because they have so many people coming at these major companies. Like, why would they do business with you? So a big part of what we're trying to do as part of our next phase of our strategy is to bring in leaders who are either retired from large firms that are in the base metal uh, production area or have spent significant time building relationships with them. And so that's part of that's a brand new area of investment from a go to market perspective. No, I, we have also our partnership with Dragonfly and, you know, that that's a bit of a dark horse because, you know, there's a significant capability for our two firms to really augment the public data set because of their, um, um, their mining surveying capability. So that's another area that we're working on is how could we build out the world's greatest data set of mining data? Um, again, another another early stage kind of conversation. And I get, Matthew, I get your point, right? How do you make money now? Can you start making money now? What should, why should investors now invest versus waiting, you know, maybe two, three years when the, all this stuff is kind of figured out and you're already on the hockey stick? Um, you know, and I've said this before, like, you know, in my experience, and I can only speak to my experience, it's by the time you know about it in public markets, the money's been made. And so, you know, that's the purpose of platforms like this for individuals to go listen to you ask me hard questions and me give you, you know, my best answer and then make a decision around your due diligence on whether or not this is something that could go or not. And um, you got to do it when no one else is looking, because the second everybody's on one side of a trade, you're on the wrong side. So, but I think the reason, yeah, great. Like, thanks for that answer. But the reason I'm pushing you here is because... I think there's a kind of there's a well, off the back of last quarter's you know everyone bailing out of uh, tech stock you know and th things like Theranos fake it till you make it kind of personalities yep. out there. You, there's a, there's a bit more of a watchful uh, eye and a bit more of a watching brief on on a lot more companies as a result. You know, and you guys have got to get that balance between. Let's talk about the future and blue sky and hopes and dreams and wishes. And we're doing all the right things. We believe we've got the right strategy when we're talking to all the right people and people seem to love us. I hope they do. And the fundamentals of running a business, right? So you, you told me about, you know, let's say with the technology, you feel it's much better. It's taking a little bit longer than you hoped. It always does with technology. These things, you know, harder than one, one imagines. Um, and, You've hired some of the right people to allow you to have some of the right sorts of conversations, but you you do need to show some numbers, some metrics, some anchor point that they can understand and maybe even um, map you against peers if, if if that's a thing that can well, be done, right? Because yeah. you got a lot of moving parts, a lot of variables in your company. It's hard but, to work out what you're worth. Great, great point. And so you know, I would go to our MDNA and look at our positions. And so every quarter that those positions grow and um, you can check our cash. And that, you know, I, as an investor, that's what I'm looking at. 
do you have enough cash so that you can be alive when these positions can be liquidated for some portion of them, all of them, or until the NSRs can be paid, paid out? And if the answer to that is yes, how fast is that balance sheet growing? How fast are those assets growing? And you know, we're, we're, we, pr we produce an MDNA every quarter. You know, my view would be that, um, that you know, for the more sophisticated investor, take the time to read the MDNA. There's some work now after this conversation that I think I'm going to go back with my IR team and capture. You know, what are all of our existing positions? What are all of our existing projects? What is the you know the gap value of those of those um, of those positions? And then we can make it readily available to investors who who are looking to do the, add that to their due diligence. You know, the numbers are there. Like, look at the if we look at the balance sheet. That's where I would love our investors to focus because that's where that's what you're buying into. You're buying into a diversified project generator model that has short-term um, uh, short-term uh, uh, returns capability in the form of appreciation in the individual companies that we partner with, and long-term appreciation in the form of projects that we generate with uh, with our with our partners and our NSRs. Okay, um, just a technical, well, sorry, technical um, one. Um, you used the phrase sustainable primary expression. Just, just can you please tell us what you mean by that? Sure. So, you know, for us, sustainable primary exploration is exploration that has three variables. Number one, it is low or zero carbon. Number two, it looks to minimize the impact on the uh, land and environment. And then number three, um, is focused in around sustainable technology. So uh, for us, really, we is around base metals and looking at the electrification of markets, uh, of electrification of uh, kind of, uh, of this transformation to electric technology. So sustainability has those three components, low carbon, low environmental impact, and is moving towards a lower carbon future. Okay, so leave, leave me with the things I'm looking forward to in 2022, either the next six months or the next 12 months, if you can. Yeah, so like, we have a number of projects that we completed in the last um, in the last half of the year. They're all coming out for drill results. So that I think will be a great point to the credentialing and validation uh, point that you raised. Number two is we're in the we have built a good uh, pipeline of senior mining companies, and it's our expectation that over the course of the next six months, um, due to those um, agreements, we'll be able to announce partnerships with folks that are you know substantively different than. The core of our was was that was our customer base in 21, which was juniors, um, and then we we are go, we are rock focused on getting to that two contracts per month, and we're doing a bunch of things around our go to market to make that easier and lower friction, so that we can do a higher volume of contracts now that we have kind of the underlying technology ready to handle the handle the flow. Okay, brilliant, Dinesh. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you.